Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're continuing our devotions during the season of Advent. And Advent, we're looking forward to the coming of Christ and Christ's kingdom. Uh, we're going to take a little bit of a different angle today and, and look at how Christ has been looking forward to being reunited with us. And so we're in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 through 18, where we read this. And furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we are talking about. For in one place, the scriptures say, What are mere mortals that you should think about them, or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet for a little while you made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things. Now when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. But we have not yet seen all things put under their authority. What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels, and because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory, and it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same Father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him, that is, I and the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the Son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dave, uh, this beginning of Hebrews is one of my favorite uh, sections of Scripture because it talks so much about the majesty of of Jesus, how high Jesus is in the in the realms of of uh, heaven and earth. Um, but in that telling, it also elevates uh, the position of us human beings because Jesus is Jesus became a human being and remains a human being. His human body wasn't discarded; it was raised from the dead as an as a spiritual body. So uh, one of the things that I, one of the reasons I loved it is because I was, especially, I think I was reading Hebrews during a time of the early nineties when uh, there was like kind of this angel fixation, this angel craze that was going through popular culture and the church as well. It seemed like every other week, someone else was coming out with a bestseller book on angels. And one of the ironies of that to me is that uh, we were longing, we human beings were longing so much to look into uh things about angels when really the scriptures say it's the other way around, that angels are longing to look into the things that we human beings experience because we have some very important, unique aspects to our existence that angels do not get to experience and cannot really understand. Um, first of all, in this passage, verse five, it says, it is not the angels who will control the future world 
that we are talking about. And then quotes Psalm 8, uh, verse 8, where it says, you gave them authority over all things. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing as left out, even though we don't yet see this happening. And there's a number of other scriptures like uh, from Peter and Paul that that uh, reference the same kind of idea. First Peter 1.12 uh, said, even angels long to look into these things. Angels long to look into this uh, idea of amazing grace. Uh, angels can, one person I heard said that angels can sing hallelujah, but they can't sing amazing grace. They don't understand this. Um, in First Corinthians six three, Paul says to the church there, they're um, having all these lawsuits against each other, and he says this shouldn't happen. He said it would even it would be better. He's, he wasn't recommending this, but he said, but it would be be better than that would be to take the the least wise person among you and put them in charge of settling these matters rather than taking them to court. He says because don't you realize that you you know you the people of the church you will judge angels, uh, and this is First uh, Corinthians uh, six three. And uh, here in uh, uh, Hebrews, it's talking about how we sh are part of the same family as Jesus. Jesus, we have the same father and Jesus took on flesh and blood so that he could be just like us, sharing in the same experience, sharing, sharing in the same nature. And then it goes even further saying that the son of man came not to help angels, but to help the children of Abraham, that is us. So what I get from all of this is, um, it's not so much a, the, the theology of it, but simply that, you know, during Advent, we spend so much of our effort kind of trying to prepare ourselves to receive Christ and Christ's kingdom and, and to try to uh, feed this anticipation, this hunger for the coming of the Lord. And sometimes we forget that on the other side of it, God is actually eager to be reunited with us. Jesus is eager to be reunited with us. God wants to be with us. God has a tremendous affection for us, that Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to do all of this for us and, and even now is working behind the scenes, sends the Holy Spirit and is eagerly anticipating the day when uh, the time will be right that we can finally be uh, reunited. I, you know, and I, I think it's easy to think that our lives here on earth are, are insignificant, that they don't really very matter very much, especially in the grand scheme of things. But I think a passage like this and, and some of the other passages that connect with the same idea help me and I hope the help uh, remind other people that we are literally at the center of God's work in the universe. And God doesn't just tolerate us. God adores us. One passage, I love the, the way it puts it, it says that we are the aroma of Christ to God. You know, and you think about when you enter in a house and you smell all those, like, you know, right during uh, Christmas season right now, when you enter into the house and you smell all, the, all those wonderful baked smells and all those goodies and, and, and that kind of emotional feeling it, it taps into, and to think that that's what uh, God experiences with us, that we are the aroma of Christ to God. There's this deep emotional connection and God longs for us far more than we ever long for God. Anyway, Dave, what do you see in this passage and, and how does this connect for you with the season of Advent? You know, it's funny. I, I think that very few people read the book of Hebrews. Many, many Christians just skip over it. Uh, and in part, I think it's because the, the way it's written, the language is a little more formal. It's a little stiffer. And so I think people don't mind it as much as we should, but it is theologically dense. I mean, there's so much in here. It's so good. Uh, and so and I see this in this passage here. I just think, oh, goodness, I, where to start? There's so many good things. And, and as you were reading, I think two things stuck out to me, one from the past, one from the, the future. Uh, the one from the past is, of course, you know, Jesus taking on flesh. I think it's so interesting that, you know, we, we, we this is from quoting from Psalm 8, right? The, um, that we're a little lower than the angels. 
But then it says, right, it, that's from the quote, but then it, the writer of Hebrews continues on. He says uh, that uh, what we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. Like he himself became subject and, 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 and subordinate. That's really the word to the angels. What a, an incredible idea that, that God would make himself less than these ephemeral beings that he created. I just think that's an amazing thing, but it's the reality that Jesus genuinely became one of us, entirely one of us, you know, a fully human person so that he could now live the perfect human life so that he, on behalf of humanity, could experience our suffering, right? That's what it, it says, that he, had, he was like us in every respect, right? That, and we know that he's tempted in every way, just like we are, that there's this, this sense that Jesus fully became one of us. And then in, like on our behalf, you know, kind of in our place, he defeated death for all of us. And then that's what leads to the future. I, I think that past, and this is what we're going to be celebrating at Christmas, is sort of the angels' minds being blown. What? What did God just do? Holy mackerel. We didn't see this coming, right? The idea that God would become a little lower than the angels, that God would make himself flesh and blood, it just is unthinkable. So that's the past. But then move forward to the future. And we catch this at the very end of that quote from Psalm 8. In verse 8 here, uh, it says, you gave them authority. You gave them, meaning us, humans. You gave humans authority over all things. Now, when it says all things, the writer of Hebrew points out, it means nothing is left out. And that there's the reality that in the future, Right? Because of what Jesus has done in the future, we are going to reign with him. We see this so many times throughout the Bible. But of course, this is exactly what we should expect because this is what was happening in Eden. We were reigning over the earth, right? We're, we were supposed to, to rule the earth. That was the assignment given to humanity. We were supposed to rule the earth kind of on in God's place. We were the reflections of God himself. And, and so that we were supposed to now speak. God's own desires over the world and, and do God's work in the world. We were the ones given that, that charge. Well, obviously we mismanaged that, right? And, and sin and death have, have now taken over by our own mismanagement. Uh, but in fact, the promises we look forward to heaven is not just that we're going to sit. We talked about this in the heaven sermon that we're not just going to sit around and, you know, play harps and, you know, sing all the time. That's not what we will do. That is not the biblical picture at all. The biblical, biblical picture is that we will worship all the time by reigning and ruling. Uh, you know, in, uh, it was in, in uh, Luke, when, you know, the parable of talents, Jesus told that same sermon, kind of like you and I, we, we have stories that we repeat. We change them just a little bit to make for the context. Or we have illustrations we use over and over. Jesus did the same. He used the parable of the talents. But in, the, in Luke's version, uh, he, you know, the, the person who is faithful with a few things, the master says, Great. Thank you. You know, this is wonderful. Uh, well done, good and faithful servant. I will now put you in charge of 10 cities. Right? The, the, we are going to, like the people who are faithful in this life are going to be even given more authority in the life to come. Right? If, we, if, we're, if we're diligent and faithful in the work that God has given us here, God's going to give us more work. Right? That doesn't sound like a real gift. But it's going to be this work that's totally, um, uh, I don't know, like, engaging and 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 meaningful and purposeful it's gonna it's gonna feel like worship 
And in uh, in in Second Timothy, we're told that we are going to rule and reign with Christ. Right. This is the promise. And so that there's a way that in the past Jesus became like us. All right, broken, vulnerable, weak, mortal. So that one day we might become like him, right? Ruling, reigning, glory. In fact, restored to be now over the angels, right? There's going to be this, this kind of future that we have where, where our glory the way that God designed us to be, our glory will finally and fully be manifest. Everyone will see it. We'll all see it in each other. The glory that, that I see glimmers of in you, John, and you hopefully glimmers in me, right? Sometimes harder to see. But but we see those glimmers now. There's going to be one day where we'll just be exploding with glory. It'll be unmissable. You're, the, the completeness of the beauty that God put into you and into me and to everyone watching this, your glory will be fully revealed. Right, we will reflect the glory of God perfectly. We're going to see that in one another, and and I think that that radiance, as we talk about, you know, Jesus coming back, what Advent? Why do we make such a big deal? This it's not just about Jesus coming back. It's about what happens next. It's what happens when Jesus comes back. This is what happens, and I feel like we need to hold this story in front of us so that we have the eagerness and excitement. For Jesus to come back, and so that our hope can be sustained while we're still waiting. And there it is, Advent from another perspective. <laughs> well, let me pray for us. Good, thanks, John. Oh, our good and gracious God, there is so much that we do not owe, that do not know, but we look forward in anticipation with these these little appetizers, these little hints of what awaits us. Lord, we thank you that you love us so much, that you delight in us, that you are looking forward to this even more than us. And so, Lord, I pray that through the Spirit, you would give us an even greater anticipation for this coming day so that we will have endurance for the trials that we face in this life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, we're glad you joined us today, and we look forward to uh, seeing you again tomorrow as we continue to stoke our hope for the coming of Christ and the kingdom that God will inaugurate then. We'll look forward to seeing you tomorrow.